Petrangelo and Eichel play catch out high. Right wing shot, save, rebound, score! Stevenson, power play goals in consecutive games. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Pass goes to Marcia Silk, behind and for Eichel. The left sidewall, up top Petrangelo, to the right, Theodore shoots, he scores! 41 seconds to go. Theodore scores his second of the period. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Well, I'm going to impress you right now, and I'm going to give you the avenue to get information just like this. It's the VGK Insider Show. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman. Uh, information like Shea Theodore's seventh career overtime goal with VGK establishes a new franchise high at any position had been in a three-way tie with six. That's awesome. Then you got, uh, how about Jack Eichel? Back-to-back multiple-point games, and five of them in his last nine outings on a roll. Vegas has won five in a row, matching its best streak from all of last year. Nine and two start, best record ever through 11 games. And a little one for you, Alex Petrangelo establishes a season high with three assists in on all three goals last night against Washington. His nine helpers on the season lead all NHL defensemen. All that information is available on Twitter at VGK underscore PR. At VGK underscore PR. That's coming from the uh, hockey club. A lot of stats, a little uh, updates for you. Probably also find uh, practice notes, uh, whether or not there's going to be skates. Uh, Keep following the regular VGK uh, Twitter account uh, as well. But VGK underscore PR for uh, lots of uh, little uh, tidbits uh, around uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, including on this road trip, which is a great way to follow the team. Yeah, I agree with you. It was a, a an easy follow on Twitter for me, um, even though I take that from someone that's not verified. Uh, it was it, it's it's a fantastic place to get your Golden Knights information in very easy to digest um, words and and phrases and all that all that fun stuff. So yeah, v- at vgk underscore pr. Make sure. You go and follow and turn notifications on like I do because that way I'm always in the loop. Notifications are very important. Uh, Make sure that you're available for that. Uh, We've got the uh, Twitter poll that continues, and it's a a two-horse race, even though there's four choices. Uh, Jonathan Marcheseau and William Carlson at the uh, back end of this as Jack Eichel has a lead over Logan Thompson, uh, a slight lead on who is the... Golden Knights MVP through 11 games. We won't do this every 10 games. Don't worry about that. Uh, but uh, thought to given the great goaltending that we've seen to date, as long uh, as well as the uh, incredible overtime performances by Jack Eichel scoring and assisting the last uh, couple of games, thought we'd put that up there as things are uh, really coming together for the Vegas Golden Knights. Nine and two leading the West in a league right now where there's Boston and Vegas going, mm-hmm. you might fit one or two other teams into the mix that you could say are going, and then everybody else is just meandering along. A lot of 500 or right around 500 records in the National Hockey League mm-hmm. early on. Yeah, um, you know, you, you're you right on the money there. There's There's been kind of a, a lot of middling... Um, 
just win one, lose one type of situations for a lot of teams. But you're right, the Golden Knights, the Boston Bruins, they've certainly been the class of the NHL uh, through the first month of the season. And then there's, uh, I think, a couple of surprising teams maybe that are are you know either hitting the, the tops in their division or are cooking. Like obviously Edmonton, they're they're cooking seven three and zero. That's a good start for the Edmonton Oilers. But uh, the the New Jersey Devils are the team that kind of catches my eye at seven three and zero. 700 points percentage. Uh, this is a team that that really didn't look too good to start the year, but now they've won four straight, and their underlying numbers are fantastic. Uh, are the New Jersey Devils for real? That's a question I'm curious to find well, out you, you just, over the course of the season. You just proved my point. Like uh, there's there's two teams that are going, and the others that you can kind of fit in there because New Jersey got off yeah. to a sluggish start. Uh, Edmonton's lost a couple of games that they never should have dropped. So there's things that, <laughs> while their records are good, there's yeah. reasons to go, oh, not really, I don't know about them. Uh, but Vegas goaltending, uh, want to bring this up. Aiden Hill, fourth in the National Hockey League with a goals against average of 1.72. Logan Thompson, fifth in the National Hockey League and goals against average at 1.73. That is incredible <laughs> consistency. 1.72 yeah. to 1.73 in the uh, two goaltenders' goals against average. Thompson is first in the league in shutouts. He is uh, sixth in save percentage. Aiden Hill is fifth. So, like, the numbers don't lie. As far as the no. performance of these goaltenders, nine and two is reflective of where they're getting the stops from. And high danger chances lower compared to other years. Although last night they probably allowed more odd man rushes than I've seen through the first ten games, uh, yeah. just because of the 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 way both teams were were trying to find their game throughout and uh, just having trouble clicking into high gear, but. The, the the net mining has done its job perfectly, and mm-hmm. that isn't always the easiest thing to do. No, it's not. But you know, for the Golden Knights, they they've gotten it through the the first eleven games of the year, and they've gotten it from both guys. Both Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson are making the saves that they're supposed to be making. And you know, the Golden Knights, you, you know, you, you kind of hit it on the head there, Darren. They they did give up more odd man rushes last night than I, I think we've come to see over the course of the season. But uh, even their recoveries in those spots were, were pretty yeah. good from, from a defense perspective. And they didn't give up quality scoring chances, even on those odd man rushes. They always looked dangerous, but I thought the Golden Knights did a good job sorting them sorting them out. But you can't really take away what Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson have done. Uh, these are two guys that came into the year trying to prove something to themselves, to their team, and to the NHL. And so far through 11 games, they're passing the test. That's pretty easy to see. They dug a hand into the soul of that game last night and ripped out a victory. That's what they uh, occurred uh, last night for the Vegas Golden Knights. Found a way to win. So here is our game rating after the 3-2 overtime win in Washington. Welcome to my latest experiment. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Uh, well, it's a DeLorean, right? Bear with what me, Marty. All your questions will be answered. Roll yeah. tape. Okay, I will proceed. Uh, Doc, uh, is that a D-ball? Never mind that now. Never mind that now. Right. Not now. Not now. There it is. We are going off of uh, previously uh, sought-out cars and some that maybe weren't in your top ten. Uh, discontinued uh, vehicles uh, in the uh, course of the automotive history. So we got uh, the likes of the DeLorean, the uh, 
the Trans Am, the Hummer. We got uh, the Gremlin in, in there and the station wagon. So uh, one, two, five. Uh, what is your rating, Chapman? I'm going to go Trans Am. Uh, it was a good game. Not not a perfect game by any stretch, but there were some things that I really liked. I liked the bite when the team didn't agree with the hit that took place on Riley Smith, how they were able, first of all, how they responded physically on the ice. And I liked that they were able to, to get a power play goal very soon after that while trailing one nothing. I thought Logan Thompson was really good. Uh, a lot of positives for the first game after traveling back east. That could always be a little tough, so it's a Trans Am. Wallace. Um, mm, How are you I'm still him go, and hawing over this? Because <laughs> I, I, I never select my my uh, my number until I actually go to do it. I'll go Trans, trans Am, too. Um, here's what I liked. Like, it's not like the Washington Capitals went out there and took it to the Golden Knights. They, the Golden Knights didn't play as as strong of a game as they have played over the last couple. Like you, you follow up Winnipeg. It, it was not the game against Winnipeg, and yet the results the same. You'll take the points. All of that. I do think the Golden Knights defended well. I don't think that Washington had a, a ton of really great chances. Um, and you know the the goals that were scored were kind of fluky, kind of lucky. Like the power play goal was great, but uh, the Trevor Van Riemsdyk goal was just kind of a play that happened, a bit of a broken play off of Zach Whitecloud sticking in. And I like the fact that the Golden Knights didn't really uh, change too much in terms of opening things up, trying to find more offense, trying to uh, to put themselves to to get two goals back when they only needed the one. They they were patient, they stuck within themselves, um, and then you know Jack Eichel wins it. I, I think that there's a lot of good to pull from this game. So I'll go Trans Am 4 out of 5. Yeah, I'm going to 4 to 5 as well. I'm going with the big uh, the bird in the front of the car with the T-roofs uh, flying down the street. Uh, awesome stuff with the Trans Am. Uh, I'd almost rather take a Trans Am over a DeLorean, but the doors uh, swing me over with the DeLorean. But the, the Trans Am performance last night uh, was being able to rally through the distraction of the Riley Smith hit, so you didn't lose track of the game there. You responded, but you also stayed in the actual score fest or, or low event hockey. But you didn't you didn't uh, start chasing around and, and getting distracted by that. The other part uh, was the the defending again, the block shots, which I mentioned, uh, continue to to pile up and. In the end, uh, it's a uh, guy coming off the bench, part of your energy line in William Carrier, which I thought was huge uh, for this group. And uh, Eichel and Theodore are stars, but Will Carrier makes it possible for them to do their thing. And I want to give an, uh, an honorable mention to the shot clock operator in Washington for being honest and have making sure that that clock uh, ran out when it should have because back in the day there was some fiddling going on with shot clocks and uh, and the the timekeeper in the National Hockey mm. League in all sports Nick, you've seen it like basketball mm, was that it yeah uh, some fudging it uh, that was uh, perfect uh, right on the money with that late opportunity by Washington it, it you mentioned that it did it wasn't that close it was close enough. Mm, that no. it made uh, it, it made everybody in our studio wait and wonder <laughs> whether it was actually real or not because you can't you can't necessarily go on the light uh, the the yeah. green light that that lights up 
uh, or red light with the the goal judge because the goal judge is three miles away now in the National Hockey League. If they're sitting right behind sure. there uh, before mm-hmm. and they can have that instantaneous reaction that you'd hope mm. uh, that they would have when they're not uh, sipping on the flask because uh, that's what the goal judges that, uh, that I played for. Uh, they had the nice flask behind me. Wow. They they weren't completely on their on their game. No, but if the goal judge is right there and they're ready to do it, that's different. But uh, yeah. the the green light was on, and then that uh, video that they showed, and it was a couple of tenths uh, behind. So uh, it was it was the right call, and it opened the door for the opportunity to win in overtime. Yeah, it it, it was interesting because I, I I was listening to Dan's call. In real time, and then watching the feed as as I you know it was twenty about twenty seconds behind whatever the case may be. Uh, at no point in time did did Dan think that that was particularly close. So I think his his uh, his assuredness rubbed off on me. So I it didn't look particularly close to me. Just those things are so fickle, and you get into the technology weeds of it that I'm never for uh, like certain. Until I go to that overhead and I see the clock winding down, and then the puck come into the frame, and uh, it can be it can be a real headache for everybody. But that, but that's happened twice in the last three nights in the NHL in, in in games where the clock has just run out before a puck went across the line. Uh, I want to get into some other stuff uh, in the NHL, but uh, before we do that, uh, when it comes to the Vegas Golden Knights and being able to rip off this nine and two record, how far beyond what you expected is nine and two? Ooh, um, I I don't. I mean, I I certainly didn't expect nine and two. I I feel like through eleven games, if if you were able to get to seven and four. Right, like just kind of looking at the teams on the schedule, looking at where some of the the tougher matchups were for the Golden Knights. I, I think you know six and five, seven and four, or um, six six four and one, something like that would have probably been about where I where my expectations were. Um, just because I, I wasn't sure what to expect from this Golden Knights team going into the year. I wasn't sure how long it was going to take them uh, to kind of iron out their, their defensive zone. I, I wasn't sure, you know, how healthy is, is Mark Stone going into the season? How healthy is he going to be throughout the, the majority of the first, you know, month or so of of the of games? So I, I feel like they're probably two or three games, three or four games over where my expectations were for them this year. I thought the schedule was better official to them uh, out of the gate like there was an, an opportunity to take advantage uh, of teams uh, that weren't considered to be uh, strong super contenders but you still had the likes of uh, the Calgary's the Colorado's uh, Toronto's uh, Winnipeg I knew would be uh, much better uh, to kick off the uh, the season and now Washington uh, there was uh, there are some teams that that could certainly uh, challenge you know what what's factored into it is uh, the back-to-backs for other teams. Like I didn't look that deep into the schedule to notice that there was a few of those. Vegas has done a great job of taking advantage of teams rolling against them in the second half of a back-to-back. 
that's one area where they, they've been able to jump on them, whether it was Winnipeg the other day or Washington. Uh, it, it, it's been it's been strong. Not, not a guaranteed win. Colorado proved that, right? But uh, mm-hmm. but they've done a good job of, uh, of, of jumping on that. Uh, and then the, the other part was the immediate confidence that they gained from defensive positioning and goaltending. And I think that has has seeped into this team where they trust everything and they've been able to go with that and ride ride some of uh, of that uh, to to help them record these victories. So nine and two, not in my in my wildest dreams, with a new coach, new system, and so much talk about new system. Uh, did I think that they would have uh, uh, eighteen of a possible twenty two points? But uh, I. I Expected them to be above 500, uh, so uh, they they've they've really impressed me the way they've been able to do it and in different ways. Like Paul Cotter scores mm-hmm. uh, his goal, and it's the only goal in a game. Uh, they've won two games in a row without having the in-game lead. That doesn't happen very often. And we'll get to the uh, the National Hockey League response to the uh, question about how close they are to a record. Most wins. Uh, in a row without ever having an in-game lead. They also have won two games at home, Ryan, only scoring one goal in regulation in each game. Yeah. That like that doesn't yeah. happen very often where one was a one nothing shutout and one was a was a win in overtime over Winnipeg. But that again feeds into there's there's four victories or three because uh, one one uh, doubled up. Uh, three victories out of the out of the nine that are complete like toss ups where you could you could lose that game as easily as you could win it, but the team has some good vibes about it right now, and they're they're yeah, I mean, they're just feeling good. Yeah, they're they're finding ways to win, and and they're they're winning games in different ways, and you know I think that that winning ultimately helps your your buy-in too and and not that I think that this team was going to have any issue buying in this year there's there's a lot to prove for this Golden Knights hockey club and and I I figured that being refreshed and and coming into the year with with maybe a little bit of a different perspective was going to help them and it certainly has but you know you you start to buy into what Bruce Cassidy wants you to do in the defensive zone you start to buy in to you know blocking shots or or playing this way when you see that you're putting points on the board you're 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 banking points here and you know the more you win the more this team i think believes in themselves and believes in what they they want to accomplish this year uh this is the best possible start you could have asked for if you're a golden knights fan if you're within the organization and if you're the players in the room um it's been a a great 11 games so far uh in this season for the golden knights say that i'm out in left field if you want and i'll get chapman to to judge this statement but oh, I think boy. part of what's helped this team feel good about itself and roll through the early part of the season, that winning helps, uh, the, the timely goals, the goaltending, it all uh, plays a part in it. But one of the biggest influences is being healthy and not having to worry about who's in, who's out, is he okay, are they battling through? Is this ever going to end? There was so much chaos around the lineup last year that they you could never get comfortable at any point. And 
that's been a non-factor to start. And everybody's allowed to just go and be free and be comfortable in their own skin, knowing that everybody else is comfortable and playing great. I think that's a fair statement. You know, the, the changes that have been made to the lineup have been minimal. Um, obviously, Colasar missed the other day because of, of sickness. But you have capable guys in Jake LeCision and Paul Cotter who've been able to jump in. and now Who Mike, were there last year. Yes, yes. So they've been through it once before. So it's not something that's foreign to them. I think that's a very fair statement. I think the team being able to know that Mark Stone is there night in, night out, that's a, that's a big, big boost to this team because he's the emotional leader of this team. I, I feel like he is the heart and soul. And as he goes, I think the team goes. The goaltending is, I put that as separate. Uh, they, they won't like me saying this, but they stand back there and they stop pucks. The, 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 the real only <laughs> new guy, new player on this team is Phil Kessel. Mm. And they love him. They love him when it comes to being part of uh, of that group. And again, goalies goalies are part of the team, but goalies are also different from the team. Uh, Phil has has brought this team together and you add in the stability stability with everybody else, massive uh influence on having this team feel great every single night that they go out there. I think health is is absolutely important, and and just not having to to deal with the ups and downs of of losing a player every single night. And I think that that might have led to some of the bite last night from from Jonathan Marchessault and Braden McNabb, players that that were in in the trenches last year for the Golden Knights. When when you see Riley Smith go down that hard, uh, I think that you know you 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 jump in and and you certainly don't want him to be hurt and it was good that Riley was able to return to the game but uh, you know it, it, all it takes is one play one hit and all of a sudden uh, you start to feel like uh, the, the the things that happened last year that that kind of derailed the season are, are going to go against you so I, I think that it probably led to the emotion yesterday but the fact that the Golden Knights have been largely healthy to start this year and and are seemingly getting through games unscathed and, and can make roster decisions based on individual play and not who has to come out and who has to go in because you don't have any healthy bodies lying around. I think that that's, that's certainly an important part of this too. How about how much more do I have to do tonight for us to have a chance? They oh, start yeah. squeezing yeah. your I stick mean, a, a little bit more. more. You start trying a, a, a little bit more uh, as you're getting worn down. That's another part well, of it. You don't have that, that constant pressure, grinding pressure on you. Well, just think about it from one player's perspective, Jack Eichel, right? Like you're talking about a player that that was coming off of a a surgery that that was a it was a three month recovery on the surgery, and it was the first time that a artificial disc replacement was done on a player, and he comes back in the lineup, breaks his thumb, but has to continue to to kind of put the team on his back, and he did a good job doing that down the stretch, but it's the first hockey he'd played in almost eleven months, coming off of a major surgery, then had an injury to go with it, and still had to try to find ways to elevate his game because there weren't enough people yeah. in the lineup for for him to kind of use to his advantage. So, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. You you can just go out there and play your game because I, you have a team that is is as close to what you expected it to be at, from opening night and you're hoping that you can get all the way through 82 with something similar night in and night out. Piggybacking off the Eichel example, I don't have to ask him about this. But I don't know whether he could have scored on that shot last night, last yeah. year, 
with the broken thumb to be able to get yeah. all of it and put it in the right spot and and convert on it, uh, just uh, from a health perspective. Uh, but uh, that it goes to it. Everybody's grooving, and uh, even Riley Smith, how he got up from that thing, I don't know. But to see him back out there for the start of the second period was like, oh, this is different. This is good. Uh, we're we're finding ways, and people are 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 not when they go down, lost for multiple games or multiple weeks. Uh, when we continue, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. One-timers coming your way with one of the weirdest goals that I've ever seen that I'll tell you about on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. My buddy Trevor Zegras has been fined by the National Hockey League Player Safety Department for slashing Matt Benning last night. Did you see it? Yeah. I didn't was, see the wasn't slash, much of a I slash. Saw I saw that he was fined. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't much of a slash. It was more of a stick-raising, pull, awkward, between the legs uncomfortable position got him right in the uh yeah right there and then tried to lift him off the ground matt banning wasn't happy about it (laughs) i don't blame him at all either couldn't imagine why Uh, i was like what i couldn't believe that he didn't uh, do more to defend himself uh connor mcdavid a four-point game connor mcdavid now has four four point games to start the season. Four four-point games in 10 games played to give him 22 yeah. points on the season. He has 11 yeah. goals and mm-hmm. 11 assists in 10 games. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Connor McDavid's on pace for 90 goals and mm-hmm. 90 assists and 180 points. Um I don't think he's going to get there. I knew you were going to say that. I, I knew somebody always has to be the one to say he can't maintain this pace. Uh well, I mean, I could have done the the well, I say he does it thing, but everyone knows that I wouldn't be, you know, serious about that. I, listen, I think Connor McDavid scoring 65 this year. I, I just do. He's got 11 goals in 10 games. Um, I'm going to give it another week or two before I start to say hey, can he hit 50 goals in 50 games? Because if he continues this, um, that's something he should really push for. And when Connor McDavid has pushed to set uh, a a number, he's usually done it. When he was able to put up 100 points, over 100 points in the 56-game season, uh, I think if Connor McDavid's within striking distance of 50 goals in 50 games, he can do it. And I think he can score at least 65 this year. That's where Connor McDavid's at right now. All right, smart guy. What's harder to believe? Connor McDavid has four four-point games in the mm-hmm. 10 that he's played, or that he's been held pointless in two. <laughs> uh, it's it's shocking to me that he's been held off the score sheet twice, but yeah. it just, you know, it, it, gives, it gives you an idea that even if you're going to blank him once, you're going to have to deal with the wrath the next game. They got shut out once by uh, St. Louis, a part of that. Uh, Boston had a weird one last night against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, Pittsburgh lit up the Bruins and Linus Allmark to the point that Allmark mm-hmm. yanked. Go take a shower. Yep. Swayman comes yep. in. He gets hurt. 
They had to yep. put Allmark back in, and then he's the hero. He was awesome <laughs> after he after he goes back in for Swayman, and Boston ends up winning. That's like the Vegas scenario right now. Finding different, unique ways to win hockey games. Boston had no reason pulling out two points in that game last night against the Penguins. And yet they did. And and I you know, again, from from finding a way when you know your starting goaltender doesn't have it, you put your back up in, he gets hurt, and then you gotta go back to the first guy uh, that was pulled and, and he gets to play the hero to Brad Marchand. Uh, getting coming into the into the lineup ahead of schedule, scoring two goals and adding an assist. Like this team's just got all the vibes right now. They're they're very similar in Vegas that way. And um, I don't know, maybe I was wrong about the Boston Bruins. Looks like it uh, right now. Uh, Devils are seven and three. These are teams that have rescued poor starts. The Minnesota Wild back in it. They've won three of their last four. The New York Islanders have won four in a row. They beat some pretty good teams. New York Islanders, leading goal scorer, leading assist person, and the person that tops them in points, all different. Goals, assists, Hmm. and points. You don't see that uh, all the time. Seattle has won three of four, and the Devils have ripped off six of seven. Those are teams that weren't great out of the gate, but are rolling right now. Yeah, I, I the Devils are a really intriguing team to me because uh, early in the season, Mackenzie Blackwood was really struggling, and he has seemed to settle into into form. They're they've got a plus eleven goal differential, and like Jack Hughes has been perfectly good, but Jack Hughes has not like exploded the way that you kind of expected him or, or were hoping that he would. Once Jack Hughes really hits his stride and gets going. I think the Devils might actually be good. No, the secret there is Nico Heischer's healthy, and he's going. That's that, too. And Jesper Bratt is having a season. That might be one of my favorite names. It is. I'm going to declare it right now. (laughs) One of my favorite names in the National Hockey League. Jesper Bratt. Jesper. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay played Ottawa last night, and they swamped the Senators in shots. But the Senators had to lead throughout the, the game. It was mm-hmm. multi goals, and then Ottawa would come back for the breakaway. They scored. Ottawa scored a shorthanded goal mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. night on a five-on-three Tampa Bay power play. Now that doesn't yeah. happen very often. That you score a shorty down a pair, but then Tampa Bay comes back and grabs a late lead. Here's where the game got interesting. The Lightning score an empty net goal. Mm-hmm. Put the game away. It's challenged on an offside review. And Ottawa wins. And yeah. had two amazingly quality chances to pull even in the final five seconds of the game. Tampa Bay end up winning the game. But could you imagine yeah. an empty net goal to put the game away? being called back on being offside and then you you lose it's been that kind of season so far for Tampa Bay Lightning a little bit just a little bit out of rhythm so far but I've never seen that before where Uh, an empty net goal called back offside yeah that's that's an interesting one for sure Um, it, it would have been really fun to see 
Ottawa then tie the game up because you, you just you wonder if there's any team that's going to be able to overcome that, it would be the Tampa Bay Lightning. But, you know, the, the larger point for, for me is um, maybe that's the type of game or, or the type of win that starts to, to move Tampa in the right direction or at least the direction that we come to expect from them. Six and four on the year is, is not necessarily where I think anybody had Tampa Bay this deep into the end of the year but um they've been they've been uncharacteristically sloppy um sloppy yeah that's a great word to use and and you wonder if this is something that kind of moves them in the right direction and they rattle off four or five or something like that over the the next five or six games they allowed a five on three goal short-handed goal against ottawa uh, another goal that they allowed was when Vasilevsky got stripped of the puck behind the net by Brady Kachuk. And then it was like defensemen sliding all over the place like it was a, uh, a stolen base race. They slide in front and the Ottawa scored. Like two two uncharacteristic uh, goals against uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, from the quietly effective category, you mentioned Edmonton earlier. Seven and three mm-hmm. so far. With Connor McDavid yep. ripping it up. We yep. pay so much attention to Dreisaitl McDavid and Evander Kane and the, the new goalies in, in there. Quietly 7-3. and three. And and those are with losses to Buffalo, a high-profile loss mm-hmm. because they were expected to win. Calgary, high-profile loss, Battle of Alberta. And St. Louis, they were blanked. But 7-3, and three, I... I actually, in some parts, would have thought they would be better than seven and three, and then when I yeah. take into consideration the loss, I'm like they're they're kind of lucky to be really good right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that they've they've certainly kind of found their game after that Buffalo loss. I feel like uh, it could have gone in a different direction for Edmonton, but um, Connor McDavid has just decided that he's not going to allow his team to lose, and if he's got to score. Yeah, two goals and two assists or have four-point nights or five-point nights, he's, he's just going to do it. And, and that's the level that he's at right now. And, you know, good luck to the rest of the league. Carolina, 6-2-1. and one. Also, chugging along quietly, mm-hmm. getting things done. Uh, yeah. want to mention the strangest goal that I've witnessed this year and one of the oddest great. moments in the National Hockey League. It occurred last night in the San Jose-Anaheim game, and it went to overtime, and it was uh, a wild and woolly affair. There's tons of goals scored in that game. In fact, uh, people are talking about Eric Carlson for the uh, Norris Trophy consideration uh, nod today. I'm not quite there yet, given what happened uh, about a week ago. Uh, But this this occurred. There was a back check. San Jose was on a rush. Timo Meyer was taking it to the net. He was about the top of the circles. And Anaheim duck forward, Jakob Silverberg, was playing yep. defense. He was uh, trying to, he was out of position because he, he was covering up for a teammate. Goes to swipe the puck away and from the top of the circle shoots it mm-hmm. and beats his own goaltender, Anthony Stolars. Yeah. I've, I've, yep. I guarantee you this. Well, some of this has occurred before. I have never witnessed a longer own goal in the NHL. A shot scoring on your own goaltender from further out than that Jakob Silverberg goal last night. 
And yeah. and guess what? They still ended up winning, which is is good on them to be able to come back. But uh, that it was it was bizarre. And I looked at it four times to make sure I was seeing it right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it it was a great shot from Silverberg, like just beauty of a shot it, it, off the post and in. Um, the Stollers was shocked because we he should didn't, have didn't see it coming, right? We, no, no, we should have own goals in hockey. Like that, that if if there was ever the case for can we create an own goal or if it's an own goal, it, we we judge it as such. Uh, it was that Jakob Silverberg shot. It, soccer it was, had it wrong it, with that. Like I don't. No sense um, making the person suffer. Uh, I want to bring you a little bit of I sound disagree. from uh, Bruce Cassidy as the Vegas Golden Knights roll into Ottawa for a game tomorrow night. Uh, back-to-back stops in nation capitals facing the Senators tomorrow. Uh, this is uh, Bruce talking about uh, great energy at practice today. It was. You know, and help, winning helps that. You start your road trip with a win. Uh, you're in the nation's capital. Um uh, I just think that stuff snowballs a little bit. Guys get out in the road, they're together. Camaraderie, when guys like each other, you'll you'll see some of that energy. What constitutes a good practice? Uh, I hear it talked about all the time. This was a good practice. That was a sluggish practice. Uh, what what really makes it a fun, effective outing? Yesterday, I'll go back, is, is the travel, obviously. It takes the guys to after a day off find their legs and then I thought the ice wasn't great yes it seemed heavy so put those two together and we're a little bit off a good practice to me is energy guys are into it uh, execution all right and pace and those are the things we're always looking for pace in our practice that's how we try to design it the energy some of the play, you know you hope the players bring that that's a group thing assistant coaches can certainly help you with that and execution to me is always on the player and is the, the, the design of the drill any good so that they can have execution. So I've always said players are in charge of effort and execution every night. Coaches are, in, you know, we're the teachers, we're the, the third, players are messing up in a system, that's on us. You know, if the, those other two things I think are on them and the guys that do that well have a great careers. I could listen to him all day. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights against the Ottawa Senators stopped two of the five-game road trip. Uh, Vegas has won its last two without leading in-game. I've got the reply from the National Hockey League Stats Department. Record okay. for most consecutive wins without leading in-game is mm-hmm. three. Shared wow. by five different teams. Buffalo in 2017... Vancouver, the same year. Ottawa, back in 2012. Pittsburgh, in 2011. And San Jose Sharks were the first team to do it in 2006. Hmm. That is pretty wild. The record for most consecutive wins without ever leading is three. I I didn't think it would be much more than two, just because... You have to win those games in overtime, and or shootout, and to be to to trail and be able to to do it once is bizarre. Never mind. Well, a bunch of times it 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 blows me away that like were were any of those teams coached by John Tortorella? Because the, like, uh, the, no, everything's fine. Thanks for asking though. The was ability Vancouver, to was get the Vancouver to, uh, team in in. Uh, 17 was he gone by that I, I don't feel yeah I don't feel no. like that I don't feel like that's right but 
Yeah, I would have imagined that the Columbus Blue Jackets at some point in time would have would have rifled off four or five of those. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think he would have gone by Vancouver uh, from Vancouver by then. But uh, yeah, the most consecutive wins. I, first of all, I challenged the NHL stats department. I sent them the email and said, yeah, you did. "There's no way that this is kept track of. That there's any record of this." But I'm just reaching out to give it a shot, and they came back mm-hmm. right away. Record uh, mm-hmm. five. So there you go. Uh, well, let's update our poll before we go to break for Chapman. Oh, um, update on the poll. Give me a minute. I got to open up Twitter. Derek. The you should have told me that you wanted MVP this. of the Vegas Golden Knights through the first eleven games, and your choices were and have been mm-hmm. William Carlson, Jack Jonathan Eichel. Marshall, Marshall, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Jack Eichel and Logan Thompson. Yeah, it is a dead heat. Jack Eichel, Logan Thompson, 44% of the votes. Jonathan Marcheseau at 7%. William Carlson at 5%. We've got 491 votes right now. Wow. Go to at Ryan Hockey Guy uh, to vote in the poll if you have not done so already. Maybe one day uh, Johnny Blue Checkmark will actually retweet me instead of just liking <sighs> this post so that more people can actually see it. Can't do it. I can't because then you'll be spending eight bucks a month to get a blue check mark, and that uh, I, that's just going to take money we've, right we've out of your pocket. We've already gone over this. Uh, We've Chapman. already gone over this. Yes, John Tortorella was not the coach no. of the Vancouver Canucks. He only lasted one season. That was the 2014 season. Chased Roberto Longo out of there and also fought Bob Hartley. He crammed a lot into that year. It's the VGK Insider Show. Catching up with Chapman's next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. For yourself or any of our listeners, if you have a cool $12 million lying around, you can buy the home of former Golden Knight Max Pacioretty as he put his home in the ridges on the market yesterday, listed for $11,999,000. The quote from Max, we love our home. We put so much time and thought into the design. We designed it especially for our family, and we are really sad to leave it. The single-story property, it sits on a half acre behind guarded gates, features a Calcutta fireplace. I have no idea what that is. An indoor-outdoor bar, chef's kitchen with double islands and a marble backsplash. So, uh, for those interested, it also features a wine cellar, no, 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 no. gym, stop, sauna, stop, 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 media stop. room, and I, a I den. I was going to actually jump in earlier, <laughs> and I and I showed some restraint. Yeah, you're not re- you're not just saying this off the top of your head. This is from and then you from, then you admit that you have no idea what you're talking. about. I don't about. know what a Calcutta fireplace is, but uh, props to Elaine Emerson for uh, publishing this on Fox5.com. She's the one who who I found the story from. So, uh, yeah, uh, ten thousand square foot home. Pretty, pretty, pretty wild stuff. Pretty impressive. I wonder if there's a walk-in closet. I would imagine multiple walk-in <laughs> closets. <laughs> hey, yeah, interested. Uh, Leafs against the Flyers, two-one Leafs in that one. Ooh. Toronto trying to pull up. They're five hundred, and the guys, the city's just burning down. Yeah, the Flyers have them right where they want them. Yeah, you may be right there. I did a podcast with Nick Kiprios today, talking about uh, the Leafs, and he, he's like, "It's it's ridiculous. It only it looks like it's not bad because they're five hundred, but they've lost some terrible teams. So yeah. trying to find the middle ground and all that is is what everybody's struggling with with the mighty Maple Leafs. I enjoy the chaos. 
And as I told Nick, it's good for ratings mm-hmm. on podcasts, which is exactly what we were doing uh, with it. Uh, the likes of Matthews and Tavares have scored uh, for the Maple Leafs. Tomorrow, 3 o'clock pregame show. Vegas, Ottawa, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Check it out.